Hello, thank you for joining me. This is Anna Taylor of Anna Taylor Radio. We have a really deep-seated, deep-rooted subject to talk about today, which I have already made an episode on before, but this one's going to go a little bit more into detail. Um, The other episode was more on why I am personally pro-life, but I'm going to kind of go on both sides of the spectrum today, you know, explaining what types of abortions there are, uh, like the two types of abortions, the different multiple types of abortions and the different categories of abortion and um, and things like that uh, because I didn't even know there was different categories of abortion on it, honestly and um, also talking about how it costs to get an abortion um, and how some women can't afford to get an abortion and with the overturn the recent overturn of Roe versus Wade which isn't set in stone yet by the way um, recently uh, Roe versus Wade was overturned by you know our government and um, you know that upset a lot of people. So either way, it has not been set in stone yet. However, it's about to be set in stone. So um, we're going to talk about that as well. Uh, so whether you're pro-life or pro-choice, I'm I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to agree or disagree with you. I'm not going to force any of my beliefs or personal opinions down your throat, um, especially religion um, or any kind of, you know, whatever. So I'm not here to judge anyone, especially anyone who's had an abortion or had faced, you know, a possible abortion. Maybe you wanted to abort and then chose life. Uh, maybe you wanted to abort and chose life and then placed for adoption. Maybe you chose life and were going to abort and you chose to parent and um you know i would love uh to have anybody be a guest on this show um as well so especially on this issue uh so if you are interested in being a guest and talking about abortion um please contact me. You can either message me on social media, you know, whether it be Facebook on Anna Taylor Radio or on Instagram, uh, Anna Taylor Radio, or you can email me, which is the preferred way, but um, it's Anna Taylor Radio at gmail.com. So you can email me there. Uh, And this is whether you're pro-life, pro-choice, or on the fence about it, or, you know, maybe you're a birth mother who's placed for adoption, or maybe you're a birth mother who has aborted. Um, you know, I'd love to talk to you and, you know, have you on the show and see and hear your opinions and perspective and experience. So anyway, let's get into this. It's a heavy show, but uh, yeah, let's go. Today we are talking about abortion, okay? Um, the, it's a huge, hot, hot topic. And honestly, I think it's the biggest topic and issue, especially here in America, period. Because it has to do with the life. It has to do with children or the future of children or, you know the human species. Um, So basically, I'm going to start with uh, basically uh, Roe versus Wade happened. And recently it was or is going to be overturned. So, so to say. Now, Roe versus Wade is not set in stone yet. So people who are pro-choice who are like flipping shit, it's not set in stone yet. Okay. Now they said they're going to do it but it's not set in stone yet. So, you know, (laughs) calm down. (laughs) Everything's going to be okay, regardless. All right. Now, um, how can the Supreme Court overturn a decision, which is Roe versus Wade? When the Supreme Court rules on a constitutional issue, that judgment is virtually final. Uh, Its decisions can be altered only by the rarity uh, rarely used procedure of constitutional amendment or by a new ruling of the court. However, when the court interprets a statute, new legislative action can be taken. 
that's pretty much what happened with Roe versus Wade. Um, uh, and then there's now this information. Basically, I just got this from uh, SupremeCourt.gov. It's a governmental uh, website. But there's other questions because I, I Googled it. You know, I Googled the question and that's what came up that website from the actual SupremeCourt.gov. And there's, you know, different questions here asking, you know, who voted against Roe versus Wade. It was a 7-2 decision uh, that had Chief Justice Warren E. Berger and six other justices vote for Jane Roe and Justices William Rinquish and Byron White voted against it. Um, I think that was like back in the day um, when it went through. Uh, is abortion legal in all states? Uh, yeah, pretty much um, for the most part. Um, so uh, basically moving on. Uh, I'm going to talk about basically um, there's there's two different types of abortion and then there's several different classifications of abortion. So let's go over the two different types of abortion first. So we're going to go through the process. So I'm pregnant. Holy shit. What the fuck do I do? Or if the guy is, is with you like, oh, what do we do? You know, there's a, there's several options. You can keep the baby and parent. You can abort or you can keep the baby you know give it life and place for adoption when you have adoption you can have closed adoption or open adoption i personally am a birth mother who chose to place for open adoption um my oldest 19 year old um i placed her in 2003 and um honestly and I do still advocate for adoption don't get me wrong because adoption in my opinion is a better option um but I am not happy with my adoption um I I'm not satisfied with how it went because I was alienated from her and she was not encouraged a uh, relationship with me. You know, it was just, well, if she mentions it, no, encourage her, encourage her to get to know me. You know what I'm saying? But that's me personally. Um, and FYI, just a disclaimer, I am not here to shove any of my beliefs or any religion, especially or, uh, or anything down anybody's throats. Okay. This is just a conversation. We can, whether you're pro-life or pro-choice, we can be adults here and just have a decent conversation. And I'm just giving out information as it is. We're going through the process of abortion. Okay, I'm going to do another episode on adoption um, and then another episode on parenting. So there's there's different choices that you can make. Pretty much three major choices, which is the parenting, abortion, or adoption. Um, and then with adoption closed or open. Um, but either way, uh, you're pregnant. You're like, oh shit, what do I do? Right. All right. Let's say you're like, I want to do an abortion and, and that's your choice. And that's what you do. Okay. The two different types. And I'm, I'm reading this from the actual plannedparenthood.org website. Okay. Uh, there are two different, two kinds of abortion, the abortion pill and an in clinic abortion. Medication abortion, also known as the abortion pill, consists of using two different medicines called mephipristone and misoprostol. I can't pronounce them. I'm sorry, but you can go to the website and, and read them for yourself. Um, but to end the pregnant, and you take these to end the pregnancy. This medication causes cramping and bleeding to empty your uterus. I've known several to to take the abortion pill, and um, it it's quite a process. <laughs> Um, it's kind of like having a very heavy, crampy period, but like, it's like having a, a really bad period, but just worse. Um, and the process is very similar to an early miscarriage. Uh, in most states, the abortion pill can only be taken up to 10 weeks. So if you're 10, 10 weeks or less pregnant, you can take this pill in some states. But if you're 10 weeks or more in some states, or between 10 weeks and I think 20 weeks, uh, then you can't depending on what state you're in. 
okay? Um, but it uh, can only be taken 10 weeks after the first day of your last period. So if you're past 10 weeks, you can still get an in-clinic abortion. So like if you're not eligible for the, for the medication, you would get an in-clinic abortion, which is more of a surgical procedure. Um, that's, and we'll get into that. Um, your doctor or nurse will give you a detailed uh, directions about where, when, and how to take the medicines. You may also get some antibiotics to prevent infection because infection can and does happen, and you don't want that. <laughs> In-clinic abortion, also called a surgical abortion, is a medical procedure. This is more invasive, okay? This gets more serious. It does because they're in your shit down down there and they're going inside of you and they're going in your uterus so um it works by using a suction to empty your uterus but also they don't mention here that they do use tools and instruments to rip baby's body parts apart and that is true that's a fact how late you can get an abortion depends on the laws in your state and what doctor or abortion clinic or Planned Parenthood health center you go to it may be harder to find a doctor or nurse who will do an abortion after the 12th week of pregnancy so it's best to try to have your abortion as soon as possible if you're going to do one okay um, now in some states uh, you can do them up to 20 weeks. Um, that's a good chunk of baby. That's a good chunk of fetus or whatever you want to call it. What it blob, whatever, whatever term you want to use. It's a good chunk of, of life. Okay. When it's at 20 weeks. So, um, there could be more mental and psychological complications with that. Um, the later you are in your pregnancy and getting abortion, which we'll get into that as well. Um, and on this website, PlannedParenthood.org, uh, they give uh, a link under here. It says you can make an appointment for a safe and legal abortion at one of our health centers. Now, the t this, this is just typical. I'm not a right winger. I'm not a conservative. I'm not a Republican. I'm not even a Christian. Sorry, but I am pro-life. Okay. That's just my thing. I am pro-life for several reasons, which there's another episode I made about abortion on as to why I'm pro-life. So that, if you want to know why, go listen to the episode. But either way, um, with Planned Parenthood, uh, I know the right wing, whatever. Pro-lifers, they hate Planned Parenthood. I don't hate them. I just don't like how they turn into a marketing ploy because it does cost a lot of money. It, got, it costs a good penny to get an abortion. And they profit off of that, you know? But... The reason why Planned Parenthood opened up wasn't because of the market, okay? It just turned into that. It did. But for women to have safe, safer abortions, a clean, healthy, uh, professional environment, because we we women were using coat hangers and, and, and other kinds of drugs and things that were very dangerous to do that either killed the woman or severely injured her, or sometimes the baby would survive and she'd carry it to full term. And then guess what? The baby's all fucked up because she tried to have a home abortion and wasn't successful. That's why Planned Parenthood opened up. Okay. So whatever the right wing, typical pro-lifers, like I said, I'm a pro-lifer, but I'm not right wing. I'm not conservative. I'm not Republican or anything like that. But whatever. The people on the side of pro-life that don't like Planned Parenthood, if you want to be reminded, this is why Planned Parenthood started in the first place. Now, would you rather have that or would you rather have the women continuing to have home abortions and either be unsuccessful and fucking these kids up whenever they're born or, you know, taking their own life or, you know, severely hurting themselves? Which one? Safe environment or non-safe environment? Hello? You know, I would choose a safer environment. It's not that Planned Parenthood is like, oh, woohoo, let's go kill some babies. No. 
they want to help save women's lives and and keep them from hurting themselves severely or even the the baby if it doesn't survive okay that's why Planned Parenthood started it was a, it was a it was to help the women not to turn it into a market not to you know celebrate a death of a baby or a fetus or embryo or oh, well whatever you know no it was opened to be a safe haven and that that's the truth whether you like it or not okay um so those are the two different uh types of abortions let's get into the classifications of abortions which i didn't even know this i just learned this today and it's kind of interesting um so we'll go over the classifications of abortion which uh i have to reference the website is which i don't have my glasses on msdmanuals.com professional version um basically it's just a general website um it's a no-brainer you know these are the different classifications so it's not really anything that has to be referenced really but you have an early which is an abortion uh 12 weeks at uh before 12 weeks gestation then you have a late abortion between 12 and 20 weeks gestation like i said 20 weeks that's a good chunk of fetus I mean, they got a heartbeat and everything. Um, spontaneous, which is non-induced abortion. And then an induced termination of pregnancy for medical or elective reasons. That's for whatever reason the woman chooses. Just because for birth control or maybe she cheated on her husband or there's God, there's a million fucking reasons. Uh, therapeutic, termination of pre uh, pregnancy because the woman's life or health is endangered or because the fetus is dead or has malformations incompatible with life. Meaning if it's, you know, going to be born, if the baby's going to live in the belly and then be born and have all these different malformations, whether it be uh, disfigured or whatever the case may be, um, it, they just won't live past a certain point. You know, they might not live past a certain age or month or whatever. These babies typically die right after birth or within the first year or two. Um, threat, uh, threatened abortion is a vaginal bleeding occurring before 20 weeks gestation without cervical dilation and indicating that spontaneous abortion may occur. An inevitable abortion is a vaginal bleeding or rupture of the membranes uh, accompanied by dilation of the cervix. Um, basically, it's, you know, the uterus is detached, it's ruptured, you know, that's not a good thing. Um, incomplete abortion is expulsion of some products of the conception so this is whether abortion or even miscarriage doesn't matter this is when basically uh you have the expulsion of the fetus or embryo or baby whatever the fuck you want to call it you know and let's say its arms and legs have come out but its head and body is still in your uterus just being straight up that's what it means um it's basically the expulsion so you got to get all you got to get all the giblets out when you have an abortion you got to get all of it out or else you get infection all kinds of like it's not good Again, this is why I said Planned Parenthood started to have a safe haven for women to have an abortion versus them using freaking coat hangers and shit and, and bad medicine or whatever medicines, whether cyanide or I don't know, whatever they used to use back then in the day or, or even now, like whatever, you know. And there's still women, you know, also, you know, like I said, it does cost to get an abortion. It costs. And someone can't afford it. And then they turn to trying to self-abort. And, you know, I think... If Planned Parenthood, if if they're not so much in the market, I know they got to stay open and everything, but they need to lower the the costs. I think of abortions. Um, if if that's their their goal to save women, 
you know, like, like I said, the whole reason why they started was so to prevent coat hanger abortions and, and, uh, you know, the self abortions and, you know, what if the baby lives and survives and they're all fucked up because the mom tried to have a home abortion was on, un- if they, if that's why they started, then they should lower their prices because some women can't afford those prices because they, it is pricey and they still try a home ab- abortion and, and either end up getting killed or, you know, infections or whatever the case may be. All right. Um, a complete abortion, expulsion of all products of conception. That means all, everything has come out of the uterus and is out and done. Um, reoccurrent or habitual Abortion is up to two to three consecutive spontaneous abortions. Again, let me go over spontaneous abortion is a non-induced abortion. That is when uh, basically the, the we just went over the two different types. You have the in-clinic and then you have the medication. That would be like the medication. Like you've, this is like your third or fourth medic- medicated abortion. You've taken the abortion pill in three to four different pregnancies. And yes, there are women who do to have had two three four five abortions and up i know people personally so yeah it happens um but these are two to three or more consecutive spontaneous abortions which are non-induced okay that's not the surgical procedure uh missed would be undetected death of an embryo or a fetus that is not expelled and that has caused no bleeding also called blighted ovum an embryonic embryonic uh pregnancy or i'm trying to read these without my glasses sorry uh in embryonic demise i'm going to spell it out so if you want to write this word down this is what the word is because i don't i want to get this right and i can't i i'm not an idiot not like i can't pronounce it i just don't have my glasses on so um all right the word is i n t r a u t e r i n e okay that's the word and then embryonic embryonic uh demise and then there's septic. This is the last one, septic. This is a serious infection of the uterus uh, content, or the uterine contents, rather. Serious infection of the uterine contents during or shortly before or after an abortion. So you, uh, before the abortion, you know, there could be infection that sets in into the uterus, um, which could be why you have the abortion in the first place. You have an infection and it's going to kill the baby anyway. So... I mean, you might as well have an abortion, right? And then uh, after, you know, especially if you have a surgical procedure, one second, especially if you have a surgical procedure uh, done or the surgical in abortion or in clinic abortion, you know, like I said, infection can happen, but they can give you antibiotics and things like that to help prevent that or help with one if one occurs. Okay, um, moving on. These, all right, this, this website is out of the UK, but it's pretty much in general the risks of getting an abortion um it's nhs.uk but um it's pretty much the same as any other credible website or whatever i wanted to try to try and find as credible websites as i could you know including plannedparenthood.org sorry pro-lifers but you know plannedparenthood.org does have information on there that people need you know what i mean especially if they want to learn about the process and things like that so like i said I am pro-life, but I am not right-winger. I'm not conservative. I'm not a Christian. I'm not religious. Fuck that shit. Sorry, pro-lifers. I know the typical pro-lifer is a conservative Christian, whatever, whatever. But, you know, you don't have to be pro-Christian uh, or religious or all that what jazz, you know, right-wing or conservative or Republican to be pro-life. And same thing with pro-choice. You be, and I don't care what Christians say. You, you're not a Christian if you're pro-choice. Bullshit. Bullshit. I call bullshit. Yes, you can. You can be a, a Christian and be pro-choice just as you can be a, a, a non-Christian and be pro-life. What the fuck? <laughs> anyway. 
All right, so hang on here. I'm trying to get to this area where I'm trying to read. All right, the risks, one, uh, are different depending on whether you have had a medical abortion or surgical abortion and how many weeks pregnant you are. So with a medical abortion, again, that's the medication that you take. I, I couldn't pronounce the two words, but like I said, once this feed or uh, live video ends, you can come back and re-listen to the be very beginning where I mentioned the two medications that you take. Um, it's called the abortion pill. Um, and it's basically, long story short, poisoning to death the, fe the fetus. Um, and killing and terminating it, killing it, terminating, whatever it is, what it is. Anyway, uh, the medical abortion before 14 weeks of pregnancy, the main risks of medical abortions are needing another procedure to remove the parts of the pregnancy that have stayed in the womb. Uh, this, it, this happens to about 70 out of 1000 women. Um, it, it happens. It's, it's not rare, but it's not frequent. It's not even half, but it happens. Uh, it looks like it's about 40% of women who have these uh, abortions or these types of abortions. So, which means you've taken these medi medications, which is supposed to expel naturally as if it was a miscarriage or something out of your body, out of your uterus. And, and it didn't expel all the bits and pieces like the head and the body might still be in your uterus. I'm just being real. Or the uh, left arm and uh, right foot might still be in the uterus whatever either way all the giblets have not been expelled okay um and it needs to be removed which would be in clinic um so serious complications such as heavy bleeding damage to the womb or sepsis which is a in serious infection uh this happens to one out of 1000 women so um it's it's not common but it happens uh from 14 weeks of pregnancy the main risks of medical abortions are Needing another procedure to remove parts of the pregnancy that have stayed in the womb. About uh, 13 out of 100 women deal with this. And this is when, um, this is from 14 weeks of pregnancy, okay? What we just went over was before 14 weeks of pregnancy, right? So we talked about all the giblets coming out. That's before 14 weeks. So these are the risks for after 14 weeks of pregnancy when you do the medical procedure, when you take the medications, okay? Um, so needing another procedure to remove all the parts of the pregnancy. Infection or injury to the womb. This happens to a small number of women. It's rare. Okay, so this is for surgical abortion. It gets a little more serious because it's more invasive, okay? They're all up in your shit, in your uterus, and they're literally either sucking the life out of you or taking tongs and things and yanking the bits and pieces of what would be a baby out of your uterus, okay? Um, so before four weeks of pregnancy, we're talking about before 14 weeks of pregnancy here, surgical procedure, okay? The main risks are needing another uh, procedure to remove parts of the pregnancy that have stayed in the womb. This usually happens to about 35 out of 1,000 women. Uh, serious complications such as heavy bleeding, damage to the womb, or sepsis. This happens to about one in a thousand women now this is after 14 weeks this is surgical abortion after 14 weeks okay a pregnancy needing another procedure to remove the parts of the pregnancy that have stayed in the womb very heavy bleeding uh between about one in ten of a hundred women deal with this um infection this happens to a small number of women because usually i mean they just give you antibiotics i mean that's why you know we have antibiotics nowadays so injury to the womb or entrance to the womb the cervix um this happens to a small number of women why the cervix because they are invasively going inside of you to chomp the pieces of the fetus out of you they need to chop it up because depending on how far along you are they can't just suck the bits out because the baby has formed 
so much so that they have to chop the leg off they have to chop the head off they have to chop the arms off this is how it is and it's more invasive and you know shit can happen during that procedure and you know they might snip your cervix or something and maybe get an infection whatever but it doesn't happen to all women okay it, it's a rare rarity but it, it can happen but it happens to a small number of women um the clinic will provide you with the number of 24-hour helpline to call if you have any problems after an abortion so after an abortion you do have support okay you they do give you um wherever you get it done at whether it be a doctor's nurse's clinic whether you have it done at planned parenthood whether you don't do it at another abortion clinic whatever unless it's a backwoods abortion place like somewhere in mexico or something i don't know but yeah, uh, most abortion clinics is going to give you uh, resources or are going to give you resources and things and support like a 24 hour hotline to call like a nurse or something like that, you know, to make sure that not only is it a successful but safe uh, medical procedure, you know, like if there's too much bleeding or something like that during the night, you know, it's like, and she's not sure, you know, is this normal? She could talk to the nurse and the nurse can either guide or direct her, you know, hey, go to the emergency room or hey, maybe try this or lay on your back and put your feet up or whatever. <laughs> there's a million different reasons, but um, abortion can have an effect on fertility health and future pregnancies um and especially the more abortions you have yes it can affect your fertility and future pregnancies especially if you want to get pregnant someday if you're if you are and i'm not the type of person to be like well you shouldn't have opened your legs fuck that shit that's rude and disrespectful it's bullshit but i'm just saying if you're a person who has a lot of sex whether it be with the same person or not okay and you keep getting pregnant and obviously you're like look this is not the right guy not the right time i'm not ready to be a parent yet blah 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 and you you get several abortions and i like i said mentioned i know people personally who have had more than five abortions and these are several Several women okay who literally use it as birth control they they literally either sleep around or they have one partner and they just keep getting pregnant and keep getting pregnant and then they keep getting abortion after abortion and if these women want to have a chance at pregnancy someday with the right person right situation whatever it really can complicate that um the more abortions you have you know um and your fertility your fertility um and health and not just your physical health but your mental health too which we'll get into psychological and mental effects as well um many women are able to get pregnant immediately afterwards but so you should start using contraception right away but if you do not want to get pregnant um so basically they're saying you know if you have an abortion and you don't want to get pregnant again but you want the chance of having a baby someday get on some contraception like get on some birth control or some kind of birth control which we need to up in this country like we need to like put more out there for free okay free birth control i think in my opinion i think there's already some free birth control you just go to your local uh health department i believe and they give you free birth control but that's the pill there's other uh contraceptives like uh nor noraplant i think uh it's something implanted in your arm and then there's the morena or something like that and some of it are, are vaginal uh place vaginally placed some of it's in your arm some of them are shots some of it are pills um i'm on a pill personally i take a pill i forgot the name of it but it's actually for my period i'm done having kids i have my tubes tied you can get your tubes tied if you don't want kids hey you know and then untie them later 
or have your husband or boyfriend or whatever if, if you're a lifelong partner you know have the male have a vasectomy we need to push for that too not make them but put just push for that because honestly us women dear men put in all the legwork when it comes to fucking pregnancy we have to be the ones that worry about it the most because we're the ones that put in the fucking legwork we got to deal with with our body image we got to deal with carrying the baby we got to deal with all the hormonal bullshit we got to deal with you know if we have the baby we got to deal with the labor pains and everything and then we got to deal with what if the father doesn't even stick around then we got to be a single mom you know <laughs> like straight up get a vasectomy like it's just a little snip it doesn't really hurt that much and or, or whether you snip it or tie it same thing with tying or snipping your tubes same with fallopian tubes same thing you can either snip it meaning you can never have kids again like that's done that's your manhood it's gone you can never have kids or get it tied just like your fallopian tubes you can tie them for later on you can undo the procedure okay for the ones that the tie it you can undo this procedure and and if i'm wrong on this guys please comment correct me on this okay but you tie it and and you can undo the procedure later and then when you're ready to have kids then you know you can actually produce easier than if the woman was on birth control did you know that you know if the guy was to get the vasectomy or the or do the birth control versus the woman and let's say you're in a lifelong uh partnership whether married or not you know and and you want babies someday it's actually easier for the man to do the birth control than the woman because when we get off the birth control we got to wait on our hormones to straighten out we got to wait on everything to regulate and all this bullshit you know and it just takes longer to conceive a baby once you're ready if the guy gets a vasectomy and gets it undone or reverses the procedure, I mean, I think it's almost instantly that, you know, he's ready to go. <laughs> so, you know, um, there's a very small risk to your fertility and future pregnancies. If you develop a womb infection that is not treated quickly, the infection could spread to your fallopian tubes and ovaries. Um, and this is known as pelvic inflammatory disease, PID. So, um, like I said, it, it happens. It's not common, but it happens and can happen and it does happen um but yeah infection is no bueno you don't want infection at all even even with uh you know the longer you let the infection go let's say you don't know you have an infection until it's so infected that you're in pain and then you waited that long then you get anti-antibiotics you might have already fucked up your shit you know what i'm saying like so you got to get checked and, and keep in tune with your body and stuff like that you know so moving on all right this website i got is uh let's see i don't want to lose my spot here but it's the national library of medicine nih a national center of biotechnology information which is ncbi.nlm.nih.gov okay um this is talking about like the mental and psychological effects i'm not going to read the entire thing because it's a whole freaking like essay <laughs> um uh this says abortion contributes to negative outcomes for at least some women some women. Uh, there was a 2008 report of the um, from the American Psychological Association, which is the APA, Task Force on Mental Health and Abortion, okay? And it concluded that it is clear that some women do experience sadness, grief, and feelings of loss following termination of a pregnancy, and some experience uh, clinically significant disorders, including depression and anxiety. Indeed, Task Force Chair Brenda Major, uh, her own research had reported that two years after their abortion, 1.5% of the remnant uh, participating in her case series, which were 38% of the 1,177 eligible women after dropouts, uh, had the symptoms, all the symptoms, for abortion-specific post-traumatic stress disorder. So post 
abortion PTSD. Um, in addition, she found that compared to their one-month post-abortion assessments, at two years, the participating remnant had significantly rising rates of depression and negative reactions and lowering rates of positive reactions, relief and decision satisfaction. And the fact that some women do have mal maladjustments is most specifically documented in case studies developed by post-abortion counselors successfully treating women with maladjustments, including counselors working from pro-choice perspectives, as well as those working from pro-life perspectives. So this study was done by both pro-life and pro-choice perspectives, okay? Um, so it wasn't just one way or the other. Um, and this was done by the APA, the American Psychological Psych psychological association which they're pretty fucking credible not incredible but credible <laughs> um so basically uh this is saying you know it, uh, the up to two years you know they did the one month post-abortion and then up to two years it had significantly rise the depression the anxiety the feelings of grief and loss and things like that in these women has and, and mental issues have significantly risen within that two-year mark that they recontacted them to see how they were you know doing with the study you know to for the study or whatever and um and and this was due to the post-abortion you know this was related to the actual abortion and yes you it, just like even women who uh carry the baby's full term even if they carry the, a baby full term and want the baby or um and I'm not talking about abort, uh, adoption, so we'll get into that in a second. But I'm talking about women who choose to parent their child or welcome the child, you know, whatever, choose life. Um, I have two small children. Like I said, I'm a birth mother. I placed for open adoption in 2003, so I know that aspect. And I know the aspect of uh, parenting because I have two younger children that I parent, which I'm actually alienated from right now. But that's besides the point. Anyway, uh, me as a parent, you can get post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, excuse me it's called uh i'm having a brain fart here well it is a form of ptsd but it's um postpartum ah, postpartum depression okay and it's basically because the baby's not in your room room anymore and um and it's basically your body physically manifesting and mentally f manifesting into being like it's basically saying oh where's my baby where's that thing where's that life that's been living inside of me for nine months where is it you know and your nerves and your neurons and your muscles and your uh uh, uh hormones and 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 all that stuff is is like where's where is it where's that little thing at you know and it develops this postpartum depression, which can get really, really bad. Um, and for those who parent, I'm talking like so bad that they end up killing some, a rarity. Some women end up killing their children because of it. Um, because they'll have the postpartum and you'd think, well, if their ba if their womb is missing the baby so goddamn much, why would they kill their fucking baby? Because it's hard to parent. First of all, let's say it was, it's a single mom and she doesn't have much support. Or even if it's not a single mom, you know how hard it is to have a fucking baby, a newborn baby, and you don't get any sleep or anything. And, and you have a mental snap, a mental break, and you're just like, people have that, you know? And because of the depression, the postpartum depression, they have that mental snap. And then they, whatever reason, they will end up murdering their own child. That's worst case scenario. And it's rare, but it's worst case scenario. Um, And either way, it does have effect, whether it be on your mental state, body, whatever, you know? um, it, It's just not good. And with adoption... Um, like I said, I get into that in a second with adoption, it can get even worse. So I said, I was also a birth. I'm also a birth mother that placed for open adoption. You're basically grieving a child that's alive. Okay. You know how fucking hard that is. It's enough that if someone dies, 
even a baby, even a child, at least you can have closure and peace with because they have died. But with someone who's alive, a child that's alive that you're grieving over, that's just even harder, you know, and because you know they're alive and you know they're out there, you know what I mean? And, and it's just like, it's so hard and you don't have your child with you. And regardless whether you regret your adoption decision or not, you know, you're, you have this postpartum depression. It just makes it even worse. And, and I, I got postpartum depression, uh, when I placed my oldest for adoption and it made me gain a lot of weight. Um, it just, it wasn't good on my mental health. Uh, my mental health was failing. Um, I, for the first time at that time in life had suicidal ideation. Um, I called the suicide hotline freaking out and I'm like, why am I like this? Why do I want to die? I've never wanted to die before, blah, blah, blah. You know, and, and then the lady, the more she asked questions, she figured out, she's like, well, sh you know, basically, well, shit, she, you just had a baby and you placed for adoption. Of course, of course, you're going to be depressed, you know, and it's a depressing time. You're grieving and you probably have postpartum depression. She explained that to me. She explained to me what postpartum depression was. I have never even heard of depression in my life until I called the suicide hotline and she's like well this is why you're having these feelings and emotions possibly you know she she's not you know when you call the hotline these people aren't doctors they're not nurses they're not mental health professionals you know they're just people to talk to but you know it's just kind of common sense that hey she just had a baby she just placed it for adoption there's postpartum depression you know there's grief involved and da 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 okay so that then helped me understand what I was going through and then I was able to um come out of that eventually later on um and then now even even now with my two kids, anybody who knows me personally, I'm alienated from my children uh, because these assholes uh, who have them want to keep me from them for God knows what fucking reason. I don't know. I'm a good mother. I don't know what, why they're doing it. Um, I will be taking them to court. So I have a custody battle coming up, but I've been severely depressed. Per this is just a personal note. I've been severely depressed. I've been grieving, you know, just like when I placed for adoption, you know, grieving over children that are alive. And it's, it's been very hard. I'm trying to hold back tears right now. Um, it's been hard. It's, it's very hard because, and then you got to think, you know, they just want to come home. I want them to come home, you know, and, and they probably have abandonment issues now because these people are keeping them from me and, um, and just all kinds of, they, I know they have mental issues because I actually contacted their therapist and got their diagnosis. So, and then when I, when these people who are keeping them from me found out that I found where their therapist is, they took them out of that therapist's office and put them in another one where I don't know where they're at, but that's okay. I'm going to take these people to court and get their fucking asses. But anyway, excuse my French. Um, but yeah, that can definitely happen as far as like mental and emotional. So seriously, I think that would be the biggest risks and my opinion would be the mental and emotional psychological, um, risk factors versus, uh, physical. Physical is important physical risk factors like the infections and um you know things like that because obviously or like over bleeding or whatever happening with the you know when they have the abortion but um you know uh I, I guess they would be equally as dangerous but the mental state see you can fix the physical one with antibiotics okay and then you can get better and heal versus the mental one it takes a lot it takes longer to fix your shit to fix your brain you know what I mean you got to go through therapy counseling support you gotta I mean it's it's crazy okay I don't want to put a stigma to mental illness but quote-unquote it's crazy meaning the process of dealing with the mental and psychological and emotional issues and things like that um so basically uh yeah um I don't know who 
uh, I'm not even sure if anybody's commented yet or anything. Um, you're welcome to comment. So that's basically all I have for this episode. Um, so for anybody who's watching um, or didn't catch the beginning, so once I post this, you can go ahead and, and, and click on it and watch the beginning or whatever if you didn't catch it. Um, but this is basically an episode of my podcast. It's going to be a second abortion uh, episode that I've done. The first abortion episode that I have on my podcast is basically the reasons why I'm pro-life. And no, I'm not a Christian. No, I'm not Republican. No, I'm not right-wing. And no, I'm not conservative. So just like you can be pro-life and not be a Christian right-wing conservative, you can also be a Christian and be pro-choice. So these Christians and, and pro-lifers out there saying, oh, you can't be a Christian if you're pro-choice. No, that's some bullshit. <laughs> you can be whatever you want to be pretty much you can be pro-life or pro-choice no matter whether you're christian or not um but uh i do appreciate everyone's support and you can either watch this episode on my facebook page or i'm gonna upload it to my youtube channel on anna taylor radio so look me up on youtube please hit subscribe hit that bell notification button follow me um, follow me on TikTok. I think it's Anna Taylor Radio now or Anna Taylor Radio. Um, follow me on uh, here on Facebook, Anna Taylor Radio. Um, the actual podcast, you can either go to Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Republic, and just type in Anna Taylor Radio. Or you can go straight to the, the main website that I upload it from. It's anchor.fm slash Anna Taylor Radio now. Um, and that's where you can listen to this particular episode or other episodes that I've made. Um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or want to be a guest, please email me at AnnaTaylorRadio at gmail.com. I'm Anna Taylor of Anna Taylor Radio. I appreciate everyone's support and love and watching this and listening and hearing me out. I talk about what most don't. That's my motto for my radio. And um, yeah, everyone have a great night. Thank you.